Hello and welcome back to the Chatterscape podcast, where Con and I usually discuss media in the form of to- topical-based discussions, or then you have my solo review episodes as of late. I'm your host, Dranking Thomas Hughes. Obviously, kind of, I was planning for him to be back for this episode because I had like a whole quiz planned, but never got into actually recording it before I went on my week off work. So here I am with a solo one instead, and it feels right for the fact that it's a new movie that's just come out, and I may as well talk about that now. So today I'm going to be talking about the latest addition to the SMCU, I think it's called, the Sony Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is, of course, 2024's Madame Web, um, which is the fourth entry in this ever-expanding non-Spider-Man, Spider-Man character universe. Um, and obviously so far we've had two Venom installments, we've had Morbius, and now there's this. And out the gates, the instant reviews on this movie were... Pretty negative, pretty negative, and I was like, okay, I want to look, I want to double check all the sort of comparisons in terms of reviews on the other installments, and so far Sony are yet to get a positive, critically reviewed movie out of this little new franchise they got going. Uh, they've now gone four and zero, or over four, whichever way around it is. Um, so they do have, actually have two more attempts this year of trying to get a positive critical response. Obviously, they've got Craven uh, out in August, and they've got Venom out in either October or November. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yes, yeah, so obviously this is the latest spin-off, which focuses on Dakota Johnson playing Madame Webb, the character who's essentially able to see different timelines and see different futures. And obviously this is... I think this is the third rendition of the characters, the third version of Madame Web, because the actual more notable version is the more older character that sits in the, uh, the chair. But this is the third incarnation, I think I remember reading about it. The much more younger one, which makes sense um, for this universe. And obviously this deals with her trying to protect three women, obviously three teenage girls, from a psychopath killer who oddly resembles a Spider-Man suit, essentially. But obviously it's more of a darker Spider-Man suit. And obviously his name is Ezekiel Sims. Um, pretty soon there's an actual wording of who, what rendition of Spider-Man he's supposed to try and be. He's not Spider-Man, Spider-Man, but obviously he's a rendition. And obviously he's trying to kill them because in the future they kill him. So he's trying to kill them before it happens. So she kind of meets them all one by one early in the film. And then as the film goes along, has to protect them from this guy. And obviously she can see every time they die. So she can go back and go, okay, let's do that again. Let's take a different approach here. Um, and obviously these three women, obviously in the future, as I say, they kill him. It's because they are also spiders. They're all, they're three renditions of different uh, spider women. And, all that, realistically, those scenes with them as the spider women are very early in the movie. And you get, like, one shot, pretty much one of the last shots of the movie. So all this future stuff is very early. So most of it is set in, I say present, it's set in 2003. The movie takes place, majority of it in 2003, apart from the opening, which is, like, the 70s. And then these flashbacks, to the flash forwards to the future, which is 10 years in the future. Uh, so more like that. I'm get, I think it was 10 years in the future. So it'd be like 2013. So, but most of the movie takes place in 2003, focusing on her trying to protect these from this guy. Um, and 
she got help along the way. Obviously, you kind of have the Peter Parker subplot in there with his birth. It's Ben Parker's one of the main characters in this movie. He's played by the great Adam Scott. Fucking love Adam Scott. He's such a funny actor. And it's great. It's cool to see him playing Uncle Ben before he gets, you know. And obviously you got Peter, obviously Peter's mom and the whole subplot about him being born in this movie. Not to spoil too much. I mean, that's for me, that's a, like a subplot they could pretty eradicate. Unless they are going forward and going, okay, there's a Spider-Man in this universe. This is them cementing it. Obviously, if they don't, then they could have actually eradicated that subplot. Because for me, this movie is average to above average. I wouldn't say it's as bad as people said. It's not dog shit. It's one of it's a. I, I like the comment that people said of it's a throwback to the really bad type superhero movies, and I, I can I can see I can see that these superhero movies that focus on characters you don't really give a shit about. You're like, what the fuck, and or characters you've never really heard of too much, apart from maybe in like another project. And they had a small role, but obviously this is not that case. It's just a character that's obviously never really been given anything more than anime treatment. And obviously it's a very fond destination-esque type movie. You've seen the future and seen deaths and trying to prevent it and stuff like that. And it's also very much a serial killer movie, him trying to kill them. But I feel like if it lent more into them, it would have been even cooler. Like the whole serial killer. Like if they pushed to a 15 and pushed it fully into more psychopath serial killer type movie with this Final Destination vibe, with this superhero vibe, that would be a very interesting movie for me. And I think this movie suffered the most though was with its pacing because it's the longest of this universe. Uh, the first entry... Well, I'm sorry, first entry. Got my words up here. I was about to say, it's the longest in this universe, yes. Um, in, compar in comparison to... I think it's about five, ten minutes difference compared to the other ones in this universe. But I feel like it could have knocked off maybe 10-15 minutes, and that would have probably been for that random Spider-Man subplot, which isn't really anything more than just a little nod to the fans, like, yes, there is a Spider-Man in this universe. Um, so if they do something with that in the future, I can say, okay, fair enough, keep it in. We'll try and work something else out to get rid of, but for now, it makes no, it, it, you can just get rid of it for time reasons, because as I said, the pace in this movie is my biggest flaw with it. Because I feel like the first like, act of this movie is drawn out very heavily. Okay, they've got to introduce all these characters, but it's drawn out so much that when it gets to the middle part of the movie, which is actually pretty good, the middle part for me is where it shines the most. That's when it fully goes into the him trying to kill them and her trying to protect them. It's, and the whole mystery unraveling. It's when it fully goes into that, that's when it's really good. And though it's ending, it's pretty action-packed. I feel like because of the pacing, it didn't get much time. It was so quick at the uh, at the gates. As I said, the first act so slow. Then the middle act took probably most of what would have been the final act, the final big fight off. So it, as soon as she comes back to help them one last time, it's it it's pretty much over like that, and you got your ending, and it's just like. You probably could have drawn that out so much. You could have probably invested a lot more time uh, in the middle act uh, instead of doing it in the very first, like taking so long to get to that point. Um, and as I say, it probably didn't help with obviously some of these subplots that you could have probably eradicated, i.e., the Peter Parker one, uh, eradicate that, and you probably could have had a quicker, a, a reasonable first act, this decent second act, and then a a bit more time in that last act so you could have 
as I say, realistically, actually, if you think about it, obviously, not necessarily just eradicate that plot just to knock 10 minutes off. You could have took that 10 minutes and put it in that last act to make it a bit more... Well, it, a bit more drawn out, essentially, because, as I say, as soon as they get to the last location, which I won't spoil too much, but I say it's a warehouse, it's pretty much... As soon as they get in there, it's like, we do this, we do that. It's done. It's done really quick. Um, so I think that's my biggest complaint with this movie is its pacing issues. Um, the acting's decent enough. Um, it's not like a lot of like, the very top tier MCU ones. Uh, it it's it probably doesn't help that a lot of the dialogue is very cheesy. Um, so they kind of do their best with what they've got, in my opinion. Um, so it, there is that. And so the action, for what that is, which as I say, condensed to the last act, and there's little bits when obviously he's hunting them early on, uh, is actually pretty decent. Obviously, it's very quickly paced, but a lot of the shots of him in the spider suit taking down a lot of the people, like, uh, trying to stop him, like the police and whatnot, is really good. It's really menacing, and it's quite it's quite cool seeing a different take on, say, a Spider-Man, um, a more psychopathic one. Uh, so it is pretty cool seeing this. Um, and I say he may not be the most best villain you'll ever see in a movie, but I feel like they probably could have done a bit more time with him, and then it might have been the case of he could have been a great villain, especially for the for the fact that realistically, if you look at this Sony cinematic universe so far, all their villains are basically counters to their heroes. So Venom, you had. Obviously, Carnage, you had Scream, you had Riot, all them, basically symbiotes. And I'm guessing Spider-Man, I mean, Venom 3 is also going to be the exact same situation. Obviously, Morbius, you had Matt Smith's vampire-esque character. So, it was pretty much vampire-vampire. Whereas this, yes, okay, they're technically Spider-Women, but not until the future. So, at the moment, it's just, obviously, Madam Web versus him. So, it's technically Spider-Man versus someone who can see timelines and how to stop certain things happening. So it's not counter for counter. It's two polar opposite characters. And I like that. I like that it's a bit different, as I say, to the other ones. But I definitely think it's the weakest of this universe. I'd definitely put it at the the lowest point. I, I'd, I'd put Morbius above this, which is saying something, because that itself was okay-ish. It had moments. But like this, it had moments. It had a lot of moments so you go oof but to be fair this one is a massive cg fest which is pretty interesting it's it, it is very much like an old school one i don't really want to compare it to say uh like the early 2000 non-proper proper superhero type ones and more just comic book type ones like um looking like Electra, even though that's a terrible movie but like stuff like the punisher and the um the original daredevil like stuff like the old school uh down to earth ones, but obviously it's got that vibe with also the over the top kind witness of I can see timelines, I can see this. Case in point, there's one scene which won't spoil too much where she's able to replicate all these timelines at once, which visually I'm gonna say is very Doctor Strange. They're very, they've took a lot of their looking into timeline, preventing stuff visually from Doctor Strange, which. Make, would make sense 
But as I say, it, it, it's one of those films that isn't terrible, isn't great. It's just all right. There's not really much more to say about it without actually going to a full depth spoiler review. And I don't really want to get to a spoiler review. Uh, that would be something I could look at down the line when maybe discussing the entirety of the Sony universe. Possibly after they've released all the ones this year, I could just sit there and just discuss their entire slate and what they could do going forward, how they could improve and what they've done. Um, and just all things Spider-Man characters, like characters I'd like to see get their own spin-offs, shit like that. So, as a short but sweet review, um, acting's okay. Obviously, they did the best they could do with the very cheesy script, the very generic script. Um, action's very quick. Would like to have seen a bit more. Uh, would like to see them delve more into the the, the horror that they're trying to do with the. Uh, Final Destination meets a slasher type comic book flick. I would like to see them delve into that a bit more. Um, I would like to see a bit more of the villain. They flesh him out a lot more than just being, oh, I'm just the guy at the start. I did this. Oh, these are going to kill me. I'm going to go after them. That's that's here. That's it. I would like to see them flesh out his character a little bit more than just, he's a bit of an arsehole. That would have been really cool if they fleshed him out. Um, obviously, pacing is a bit off. And. Yeah, it's just it's just an average to slightly above average flick. That is the weakest of the SMCU. So with that, I'm gonna give this film a six out of ten. And say so it's not great, it's not bad, it's just above mid card. I think there's some aspects of it that I like. That's what push it to the six. And so some of the the action sequences with this spy, obviously the fake Spider Man, um, they definitely push it up. And obviously the obviously the repeating. Groundhog Day s type vibe that you get. I did like a lot of that. It was quite interesting to see like her reaction to this. Me like what the fuck. So those moments definitely push it to the six. Um, yeah. So I'll give it a six, and I'd definitely say out of the four so far, it's number four for me. Uh, but it might change in later review when I watch it again in the future. Well, I already watched it, and this is just me repeating time. Hmm. No, it's not. That doesn't. That, you know. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's my review on Madame Web. Uh, I want to obviously I'll get into something else real quick, but I'm going to quickly say, have you seen Madame Web yet? If you have, put your thoughts on it in the comments below. Um. And just, what do you think they could have improved on? What do you think? What did you like of it? And why do you think? The critics have fully slammed this as the second most hated uh, Sony MCU type movie. Uh, okay, so obviously what I'm going to move on to next is quite the elephant in the room, which is the Deadpool 3 trailer. So since this is a Marvel episode, I might as well stick with Marvel and talk about that trailer. And that, obviously, which came out on Sunday night, Monday morning, was it? Uh, I know it's Monday morning for us in the UK. Um, I think it would have been Sunday night in America. But yeah, obviously that dropped and it's like the most watched trailer of all time at the moment. Obviously across all its multiple platforms it's on. And I can see why it, it, it's everything you wanted from a first trailer. Obviously you have Deadpool, you got him being introduced into the MCU. You've got these little Easter eggs popping up, these shots that make you go, oh, that's quite cool. Oh, that's good. That's good. What that's going to lead to. And you've also got the little tease of Wolverine at the end. And obviously there's more to this scene. Then the re obviously then it's actually letting up and it does a really good job of 
not showing you too much because obviously the trailer starts with him in his own timeline with his friends, with his family. Obviously, you get to see little cameos from Colossus, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, uh, Yukio, obviously Al, Blind Al, obviously his girlfriend, Vanessa. You've also got... Uh, the 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 big uh, bald biker guy with the big beard that they call Gandalf he's there I can't remember his name too much off the top of my head it's been a while since I watched uh, a couple of about a month or two since I watched Deadpool so I can't remember his name off the top of my head obviously you just got um, Shatterstar randomly in that scene which I'm like okay random choice for the X Force ones and then you've also got obviously um ah. He got, oh, because remember, it's like Teddy Bear. What's his fucking name? His name, it's going to bug me. His name is, I'm going to quickly Google on my phone. Because I, I, did, I did recently see the actor in Argyle, which is funny. Deadpool. Deadpool and Wolverine. That's a good title, though, that is. Deadpool and Wolverine. Um, his name was... I think I went past it. Peter, I thought it was, but I wasn't too sure. Plus, then you also got Dopinder, which is a nice little. It's it's a good reference there entirely for the characters that have been around him. Most of them since the first movie, and then obviously randomly Shatterstar. Um, I understand the Peter one because obviously there was a kind of like bromance between him and him, but I don't get the Shatterstar one. But it's a nice little, at least a reference. Okay, there is a, still an X Force, proper X Force member, not talking about. Uh, the useless one in this group. It's a nice little reference. Obviously, then they bring him into the TVA. Obviously, for some reason, he's got a wig on to make him look more like Ryan Reynolds, but just with makeup, with burnt makeup on. And then he witnesses the MCU and gets sort of roped into helping them do something. Um, doesn't say it doesn't go into full detail yet of why they want him exactly, but more than likely it's because of the fact that he's a he's a killer. And then you get a lot of references of Age of Ultron with the snow scene he's fighting in there. Um, you got some little Easter eggs popped up here and there. And it, it is a really well-paced trailer that has got a lot of comedy, got a lot of action, got a lot of vulgarness. Um, and it, it definitely gets you to the point. You can see why it's got so many views and you, you can see why people are hyped up for this movie. And it's good that it's the only MCU movie this year because it means it's the one that fully can be talked about as whereas usually when there's three or four movies you've got that many talking about but this year with this being the only one it's great that you can just say fully speak about this because recently the only comic book movies out this year off the top of my head and on DC you've got animated ones but they're straight to DVD so you can fucking ignore them um, obviously Sony have got their free entries Madame Web, Venom Free and uh Crab and the Hunter coming out, but Disney have only got Deadpool 3, aka Deadpool and Wolverine. So it, it's good that it doesn't have anything around it. It can be fully enjoyed to the maximum before next year when we get in uh, Captain America, Fantastic Four, Blade, uh, Thunderbolts. So it's, well, if, if you're not just talking about Marvel, we're talking about other comics as well. Obviously, Superman as well next year. But it's cool that it it's the biggest comic book movie of the year and it just it just makes sense it being that for the fact that it's Deadpool going into the MCU. 
that to me is like the biggest thing in Marvel in Ridley since the No Way Home, since that happened, or since Ridley Daredevil joining the MCU. This is probably the biggest thing because obviously if you look at Daredevil, there was loads of references to the MCU anyway. Whereas if you look at uh, Deadpool, those joke references of them just making fun of that universe. So it's cool that this is the it, it, it just sums up how big this movie is going to be for not just like Deadpool, but for the MCU as an overall. Because this can be their jump point of being okay. If this does well, we could look at possibly addressing these type of movies, these more adult movies down the line. So obviously, Echo came out this year and did pretty well. Uh, and that was obviously a 15, I think. Obviously, you got Blade next year, which is going to be a 15. Deadpool 3, which is going to be a 15. So it, I'd like to see them go for more of these if this does well enough. Um, because it's something different. Uh, especially if you, you look at like some of these ones where you can go, okay, I could, you could probably put them in like a project and yeah, maybe eventually they'll, they'll join up with the rest of the group. But it's a solo project, like Blade. It's a solo project that you can look at all the other horror characters that they could add to a Midnight Suns project, for example. Like you could bring Moon Knight back. You can Ghost Rider. There's so many things they could do with this more higher age rating that I'm hoping Deadpool 3 does well enough for Marvel and Disney to say, okay, let's try this. Uh, yeah, you're alienate like a bunch of your, your fa- uh, younger fans, but... Your fans that have stuck with you for a long time there are getting st- uh, more projects aimed at them. So hopefully this does. I mean, I can't see it not doing well. It's it, it has everything on paper to be this billion dollar movie. You got Ryan Reynolds. You got obviously um, Dan Levi. Obviously the guy that did the the other two Ryan Reynolds films recently. The Four Guy and like Free Guy and Adam Project. Uh, obviously, you got him involved. you got Hugh Jackman back. you got the possibility of so many cameos in this movie. Heck, you see one in the trailer that hasn't been even announced yet, which is obviously... Um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Pyro. Played by the same actor from X-Men 2 and X-Men The Last Stand. They actually went on to do uh, 12 Monkeys and it was in the Hills of Eyes reboot. Obviously, you got a cameo there. And you got possibly other cameos, possibly... Uh, Patrick Stewart might be back. I've heard rumors of Ian McKellen. There's so many things that could be in this movie that's going to draw people into this movie. And I feel like if the first, obviously, it'll do well in its opening weekend, 100%. It will do well in its opening weekend. And I think if it does well enough there, and the word of mouth gets out that there is so many cameos in this movie, basically, what everyone wanting from Multiverse of Madness, I can see this doing well over the course of its its basically time frame in cinema. Um, so I think that I've talked about the only thing I know that's coming out. I know Twisters, Twisters, sorry, is coming out the week before, which looks decent, but it doesn't hold a candle to Deadpool three. And I know Craven the Hunter comes out in August at some point. And again, it doesn't hold a candle to this movie. The, the, especially with how negative the Sony universe has been viewed so far. Um, it just doesn't. It, it Deadpool three just seems to be able to have this long run in cinema where it can draw in the money and as I say if it does well in that opening weekend and gets people talking about everything that's in this 
people are going to go see this movie. A bit like with, obviously, Endgame had that big hype because of Infinity War, uh, and it just kept going and going and going. Same with Infinity War. That was before, obviously, a lot of people viewed Marvel as dropping off. Obviously, this could be the point of going up, very similar to Nowhere Home. It could be a point of people being like, oh, people might accidentally catch like a cameo, like, shit, this, this is a big deal. Go see it. And the money keeps raking in, raking in, raking in. And as I say, I, I can't... It, I think Marvel themselves will be going, this needs and must make a billion dollars at the box office. Because the last one they had that did was No Way Home back in 2021. Um, none of the other ones that have come out have done that. Obviously, Multiverse of Madness came close. Uh, for Love and Thunder was not close at all. Neither was Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Black Panther did decent, but not as good as the first one in terms of box office revenue. Um, I'm always trying to remember what has been there. Marvel's very much underperformed. Uh, have I missed... If I've missed one since No Way Home came out, I apologize. Oh, Guardians. Guardians... I think also came close. I don't think it hit the billion, but it came close off my rec- off my memory. So there's a couple that have had, they've had that have come close, um, and they've actually had decent reviews backing them. But I feel like just because this one you'll have, uh, the, obviously the Deadpool fans going to it, you'll have the MCU fans going to it, you'll have obviously the people, uh, essentially basically fifty and not going to what all this should realistically get it that billion which would be the first one for Deadpool I think it's got that much hype behind it compared to the last two Deadpools that it should uh, at least get that billion so that what did the actual other Deadpools make off my googling because I don't actually know how much the other two made the Deadpool 2 made 785 according to the internet which is at the moment it's like average Marvel takings um and then Deadpool One. Where the fuck is Deadpool One? No, that's not the movie. That's the actual fucking character. Deadpool. Do do do. Where the fuck is ah Deadpool? Deadpool One made seven hundred eighty-two. So they are very they made very similar profits. So realistically, this one kind of it needs to make at least what the other two made i think that's what marvel look at it needs to make at least what the other two made but if it goes any more that's fucking that's a bonus and as i say if it gets that billion which they haven't done since no way home and realistically um obviously this will be their first billion since endgame i think i'd like to say or oh yes because no 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 way Far From Home, I think, made a billion as well. Um, so, yeah, but obviously, it's been their first full-on Disney one because, realistically, obviously, now that Fox is Disney, um, all their projects... Te- uh, yeah, though, you could say it, it, it's got that Fox collaboration because they made the Deadpool movies in the first place. This is fully a Disney-Marvel collab. There's no other studio involved. Whereas, if you look at... No, there's two Spider-Mans. They had both... Sony's involved in these movies, so it's a, it's a joint effort between them. But 
this would be obviously if this gets the billion, this would be their first since Endgame to be a sole Marvel. Yeah, they got no collaborate, no collaboration essentially to make that billion. Um, and it would this make the first? Mm. Nah, ignore that. But yeah, so yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how well it does at the box office. I want to see it. To, I want to see it succeed enough to get another entry. Deadpool four would be cool, and obviously it'd be really cool then if they were able to have him interact with actual other characters for a full story. Um, like none. Like, so if you look at, oh yeah, he's got, he's got Wolverine. But if you look at, like, I'd like to see him collaborate with, say, Spider Man. That'd be a big one, realistically. Um, that would be pretty cool. And as say it'd be cool to see him like pop up in Secret Wars or something like that. Um, because Romel just needs to keep this character going for as long as he possibly can, because it Deadpool's hilarious as fuck. And it, it's, yeah. So yeah, that's my little talking Deadpool 3. Um, I'm pretty much running low on time now because I haven't got much time for this episode. Um, so yeah, obviously, have you seen the Deadpool 3 trailer? What did you think of it? What would you actually like to see happen in this movie that hasn't really been revealed in the trailer? Um, because there's a lot, there's a few things being revealed, but there's a lot that a lot of people have theorized, speculated, that haven't uh, cropped up in this trailer so what would you like to see there uh, and obviously i want to quickly briefly talk on the fantastic four because that just got announced valentine's day the cast obviously uh you got pedro pascal vanessa kirby joseph quinn i believe his name is actually i want to, i don't remember the other guy's name off the top of my head so i need to get him to, his name up so uh ebony moss back crack uh, obviously pedro's playing Reed, Vanessa with Sue, uh, Joseph Quinn is Johnny, and then obviously Eben is Ben, which is an interesting one because he's obviously in The Punisher, which is technically MCU, you know, that Deadpool is, but they've got a good workaround with being uh, him just being CGI, a bit like if they used Vin Diesel for anything else. It's obviously, he's the voice of... Uh, Groot, my mind just went blunt then, but obviously you can get away with a live action character as well. A bit like with um, the actor who he plays the Russian guy in Ant Man and Ant Man the Wasp, but obviously he wasn't in Quantum Mania as that character, but he voiced like a random character. So obviously he's two characters in this MCU, and there's many other people that have done it as well. Um, so it's Obviously, you can you can get away with it a lot of times now. This whole playing two different characters because you're probably never going to bring up the other character ever again. Um, or if you do, then it'd be okay because one's CGI and one's not. But as I say, I think these other characters probably won't ever crop up again. I think they're pretty much Micro. I think his name was. I'm pretty certain that character's pretty much gone from good now. Um, he's pretty much used up for the Punisher series, and that was it. Uh, so yeah. I'm interested in the cast. I can't wait for Fantastic Four next year. Hopefully they can finally do the uh, Four Justice. And for the fact that apparently it's rumoured to be maybe in the 60s is really interesting. Uh, yeah, obviously, what's your thoughts on the Fantastic Four cast? I could talk ages through, but I've pretty much run out of time there. Um, what's your thoughts on the cast? Uh, who did you want to play the cast? Uh, who did you want them to cast, sorry, as the Four? Um, and... Are you looking forward to it, or are you not looking forward to Fantasy Four next year? Uh, I'm in the looking forward to category on this one. 
yes, um, I hope you've enjoyed my review, my uh, Deadpool free trailer. This oh, so, hope you've enjoyed my Madam Web review. Might as well put, point that out. I uh, hope you've enjoyed my Deadpool free trailer discussion, and I hope you enjoyed this very small, brief uh, acknowledgement and thoughts on the Fantastic Four casting, because um, it's very, it's very interesting and very diverse cast. Pedro is in everything nowadays, and I fucking love it. And I'm interested to see how he does Reed Richards. Um, so yeah, obviously you can check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Audible, etc., etc. Or you can watch it on YouTube, where all the rest of my content is, including other reviews that aren't podcast-based. Um, yeah, uh, I hope you've enjoyed, and I shall hopefully see you next time. Goodbye.